Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Review podcast. Sunderland made it three defeats in a week as we fell to a narrow 2-1 defeat at Preston North End. And I was feeling a bit moody yesterday. I don't necessarily know if my mood's changed that much, but we have waited till Sunday morning to record. And I'm joined by Dave Lawrence and Dave only, but why wish for the rest when you've got the best is what I say. Dave, how are you doing? You all right? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, all good. Um yeah, a little bit depressed myself as well. I'm sure we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll scratch the surface, but yeah, not the greatest week, is it? Unfortunately, no, no, it's not been. Um, obviously, not battered in any of the games. If anything, we've probably been the more dominant side in in both of them, but that doesn't really matter. Um, defeat to defeat, and I've got to be honest, we both said second, didn't we? Um, nah. Nah, don't think so. Um, I'm going to actually delete that podcast <laughs> and replace it. But I think, obviously, first questions first. Three defeats in a week, Dave. But um, how are you feeling about the results or the morning after? I know sometimes the, the 24 hours helps, but I don't know if it's really helped me. Trying to stay impartial. I th- I don't. I don't think either t- team deserved to win yesterday. If I'm honest, I think it. Uh, I think it was. I think it was a draw all day long. Uh, I've got issue. I've, I've got issues with every goal we concede, but I've certainly got. Job didn't have a very good game yesterday. Bless him. And and that's what you're going to get with a 17 year old, isn't it? Yeah, the that level of consistency is not going to be there. And for his good as he was against Ipswich, which I think he was very good. Yesterday he was bad. Um and, and that's where the second second goal comes from, him giving the ball away. And then after that, it's what teams like Preston want. They want to get a one goal advantage and then they just want to sit deep. They want to make in between the lines as, as small a space as they can. It's just a bit frustration frustrating. I think the first and it is the Sunderland way. I think the first 10 minutes yesterday, Jack Clark had about two yards of space, cut the ball back under his right foot and then put the ball in his box, in the box. And I was like, hello, guys, Hemi is not playing today. He was there last week and we didn't do that once. And it was like playing with 10 men. Today, we got Dak in there. Clark's put it in the mixer and you might as well just be playing with 10 men again. It's It's frustrating. I've no doubt they're trying to work on it. I've no doubt they're trying to fix the little bits of attention to detail. Oh, I hate to see it. And I don't think in the great scheme of things, it's um, it must win for Mowbray and his job. But Rotherham is must win just for a little bit of feel-good factor. I think I saw a stat earlier against Blackburn. Rotherham in the first 10 minutes had 11% possession. We know exactly how Tuesday night is going to play out. Can we do something about it? Fingers crossed. I think looking at the... And I don't think there's anything such as must win at this point, but I think there's a bit of pressure on that game now, which is annoying because I think the crew game, like, you know, if we'd gotten like a point against Ipswich or we beat Ipswich, no one would have really cared. If we're completely honest, like that didn't really matter, but it just adds to that kind of flat feeling. Um, I don't think it's like down in the doldrum so much. Obviously, I don't like getting beat, but it feels like really flat. Um, but I think what makes Rotherham so important is our games after it. Obviously, we've got Rotherham Saturday. Then you've got Coventry away, who started well and are a good team, even without Jokeres and um, 
Gustavo Hamer. Then you've got Southampton at home. And I mean, if you don't win the Wotherham game, it's a big ass to beat Southampton. Look, they're a, they're a decent team. They've come down with like a load of like good Premier League players. Obviously, some of them will be gone by then. I think Ward Prowse and probably um, Lavier, I think he's called. Um, they'll probably both be away, but they're going to be up there, up thereabouts. And then if you don't beat Wotherham, you're having that thing that we talked about a lot about not winning games at home. And you've also got tough away games and you can't really wait up until the 16th of September for QPR to hope that you might win. But I suppose it's, you know, it's a symptom of anxiety this day. I worry about <laughs> the things um, that haven't even happened yet. We could win them all. But um, I, I actually did say yesterday on Twitter, I said that I was worried about the season already. Um, and I'll be honest, I got like a total mixed bag of replies with some people who were like not worried at all. Some people that are genuinely as genuinely concerned, same as me. Um, and there's some people that were like, sort of saying, oh, it's too early to say that and, and whatnot. And it was a real mixed bag, which I think is a good thing um, because I like when a fan base has a varied thought process because it means we're not stuck in depression or stuck in too, too much positivity and stuff like that. But um, between me and you, are you worried? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Are you kind of one of neither? I think exactly like you, like you said, I'm... I'm... I'm concerned. There's definitely concerns there. Um, at the same time, we haven't changed our identity in terms of how we're playing football, which has been pleasing on the eye. I think at the minute, if anything, um, it's 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 just a little bit deliberate. It's not quite as flowing as what we have been used to. And I think that will come uh, as the games go. Like you say, I just hope it doesn't come that I don't think anyone predicted the other week that we'd get less than seven points for the first four games. Well, we're all wrong already. So this is why we're the fourth best podcast and not the first best podcast. Seven. Um, seven sorry, sorry. I'm sure somebody will amend that. Um, Eight. <laughs> to be honest, after a date, just a write-off. We're just in the conference. <laughs> Um, concerned that didn't break it down like you Coventry is always a tough game they, they could have Mark Robbins could be playing up top and he'd still cause us bother so it's just one of them fixtures unfortunately yeah Rotherham, Rotherham becomes important I'd, I'd almost say must win but but, but as, as you say based on, based on a feel good factor not in terms of we're going to get relegated or we need to sack Tony Mowbray or not must win in that respect. Um, it's interesting to, to think cause, to address the, the elephant in the room. It's interesting to know what centre-forwards they're out there looking for. Are they looking for centre-forwards to complement the style that we've been accustomed to without a Ross Stewart, without an Ellis Sims, where... It's ticky tacker, dare I say, and stuff like that. Or are we going for someone who's big, strong, can finish almost like a, a Hamia 2.0? I'm, I'd be interested to see who they're after uh, and interested to see if we actually get someone through the door because it is becoming frustrating how long it's dragging on. This is what six transfer windows without addressing. <laughs> 
it just feels mad that doesn't it? I mean, and the annoying thing is we'll come on to it because obviously the striker thing's gonna have to come up. Um, but I think there was a few people that said, like, why why what like genuinely quite shocked that I was concerned or worried as I put it. And I think just to kind of give the reasons why I why I am worried is a lot to do with um not the recruitment, but the kind of history of Sunderland's recent recruitment. I think you can quite clearly see that we're crying out for a defensive midfielder. I don't think it was. I don't think that's his best position. I don't think he's bad in that place. But I prefer him further up the field. I prefer him in places where maybe where Dan Neal is. I think when Ek was driving forward. But I think we need someone a Corey Evans, if you prefer, which we've been saying for weeks. Um, I'm concerned about the defense. Like I, I really like Luke Nine, but I think he's much better in a three. I, I don't think he's a back four centre half at all. Um, and the, the centre four position, and and I think. You look at what Mowbray said yesterday, and he said that I think I worked out in the four minute interview that he blamed naivety, um, someone in the box to finish it off and just getting in the six yard box, he said. And I think he's right. Like, I totally agree. And look, there's caveats to that. Like, if he wants less naivety, then, you know, play uh, not a midfielder technically at centre off, play Danny Barty, play of the year there. And if you're worried about people not getting in the box, play your striker, play him here, the one striker you've got. But I think there's caveats to that as well and the fact that he doesn't feel like he's got many other options. And obviously, last week wasn't great, so he tried something different. Um, but I think my worry comes down to that, is that we do look naive, and that's because we've got a bunch of pains in the team. And like I'm not going to get angry at Joe Bellingham for not having a good game. He's 17. You should be allowed to learn. Like I said yesterday that there's a... I don't know how many goals for me would score. And that's that should be fine. Like it should be okay for him to come in and maybe get seven goals this season and like really have a good first season. Seven goals in a first season for a nineteen-year-old that's never played professional football would be really good. But we're relying on him that much because we haven't got anyone else. We need to hear me at score fifteen to twenty if we do are to are to achieve our ambitions of should we say minimum playoffs. Um, and I don't really want to go backwards because we all know what happens when something go backwards. We need to keep kind of pushing forwards here and at least aim for the playoffs. But I just think with our recruitment, there was so many times, like in the past couple of transfer windows, where we were like, oh, they'll bring a striker in. They've got to bring a striker in. We had Nick Barnes on the show last year, talk about whether Sims would come in or what would option B, C or D be. And it ended up where we got now. Like, and some people say, oh, what do we do? Do we go and get Will Grigg and Kazaya Sterling? Well, no. Like, we'll put that much trust in this recruitment model a lot of people have. Surely they've got like, plan A, plan B, plan C and plan D. And it just feels like sometimes they're so stubborn not assigned certain players, but it's not just the striker thing. Like the defence wasn't hasn't been good enough in the past two games, like at all. Hume started the season awfully. He was crap again yesterday. Um, O'Neill, not in the back four for me. Back three, no problem, not in the back four. Ballard, I really like a lot of a lot. I don't think he's had the greatest game yesterday. Um and yes, the goals are kind of like a bit fluky, but they're really poor goals to give away as well. There's a couple of mistakes before those like fluky deflections that have happened that you could have stopped. And I think it should be fine for us to like allow young players to make mistakes. That's kind of what they're going to do. And that's what irons them out. Like you're going to learn a lot more from your mistakes than your successes. Oh, bloody hell, that's not like Jay Comfrey here. Um, minus the mag obsession. Um, but I just feel like... Well, the recruitment model is going to leave us a bit hamstrung because 
the centre forward that we're looking at is that Ukrainian kid, apparently. Now, I've got a mate who's a Ukrainian, funnily enough, and I asked him what he was like, and he said, strong and direct, more of a winger, but can play up front. And I was like, right. So that's... It's someone in the door. I suppose it's a bit more experience than what I've been going for because he's, like, over the age of 12. Um, but then it's not just that. It's the defensive midfield position. We're missing... We've been missing Corey Evans for ages like absolutely ages and then you've got this kind of semen simmering something's not quite right something's off with Mowbray talking about um naivety and no one on the end of the ball in the back of the net but then at the same token as I think Ant posted um yesterday to me and made a really good point he's leaving his best most experienced and half on the bench and he's not he's the one not playing the striker which to me sends out signals um and I just, I just feel concerned about that, and I'm never worried after two games. Like, and look, it might be all right, but I think my ambitions this season now we we were at least going to push for a playoff position, and I'm genuinely concerned that might be pushing for something completely different. I don't want to be in any sort of worry about relegation. I really don't. Like, I I, I want to be beyond that. I don't want us to take a step backwards, but that's just kind of clarity of of why I'm worried. And hopefully, I'm really wrong. Like, I'm I'm desperate to be wrong. I'd love to be. Um, there's no better than being wrong when it benefits your team. So if I'm wrong, I hope everyone replaces back to me because it means I'm happy. But um, I want to talk on a, a positive really quickly because we have to find one somewhere. Um, Patrick Roberts, outstanding yesterday. Huge plus point. Um, he can, honestly, you kind of take the ball off him in a, a phone box. He'll, he'll create your goals consistently if someone's in the box. But um, if we're searching for positives, how well has is, is Patrick Roberts started the season? Sorry, the... The, uh, the bad attitude, Patrick Roberts, how well has he started the season? <laughs> Again, it's uh, if there's two people on this podcast and and that's no no disrespect to Ross and uh, to Ross and Brad, but he's another one of those who we're the biggest advocate of. We absolutely love watching and we love what he does. He he, he is a cut above. I mean, it's it's probably the way his career has gone and stuff like that looks at it. It's a funny old game, as he's saying. He, he could well be starting for, I mean, Bobby DeGrover Reed scored for Fulham yesterday. Do I think Bobby Reed is any better than Patrick Roberts? Not in a month of Sundays, if I'm honest. I don't think he's necessarily any worse, but I'd, I think I'd take Patrick Roberts over the, over the two of them. It's hard to turn that uh, big move down to Man City at the time. But it just shows you what an absolute gem we've got on our hands. And <laughs> yeah, we're trying to the positive is he has been fantastic. The negative is there will be people sniffing around the the contract is into the, the getting onto the last stages, I suppose. Oh is it his final year? Yeah, yeah. I thought he had two years left. I, I had a bit of a I, I think he'll sign a contract. Like I think there's been rumours about that for a while, and I'm I'm relatively confident he'll want to stay. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I I just think with everything, like you said, with the feeling towards Mowbray and him making some big decisions, and and ultimately at the minute getting them, getting them wrong. Um, it, it, you. <laughs> to turn the ship round and get that um and get that juggernaut switched around and getting the momentum. We're now at that bit again where 
there's so many things, so many caveats, as you've said, that need addressing. And there is just a there is just a slight risk without trying to be trying to be equal in in the thought process, but there is a slight chance that things could just start going a little bit wrong. And I guess that comes from we said at the end of the season when we reviewed it. We said at the beginning of this season when we previewed it. We're a huge football club. There's no two ways about that, and. There's expectation there this year. There's expectation for how we're going to play football in style. There's expectation in where we're going to finish in the league. Now, I don't think anybody would be unhappy if we get to the end of the season and we finish eighth and we've had a good run. And that's absolutely fine. I don't think anybody would be disappointed in that. However, if the home form isn't addressed, if the right players in the right positions aren't addressed, if contracts aren't tied down for the quality senior experience players there is just a little bit of a risk that all the positivity that's been worked hard for will just start twisting towards negativity unfortunately and and Robert is one of them and and, and the better he performs the more belief he's going to instill in himself and the more belief for clubs out there that go you know something he could actually change a Premier League game he could change a a Liga One game, a, a La Liga game. I think if we finish 14th, 15th, 16th, we struggle to hold on to players like that, unfortunately. And I apologise for anyone listening because I've just completely turned that into a negative. So, yeah, pick the bones out of that one. But you know what? It, that's the thing, though. It's like you're only as good as your last result, right? If we beat Rotherham on Saturday, I tell you what, the podcast can be completely different. That's just the world of football fans and the world of reaction shows. We've done them for three years, and I'm telling you, you can probably find the most horrendous and most spot-on opinions in equal measure the whole way through. Um, but I do, I do think, like, look, it's this football club's amazing. Like, I don't think it takes much to keep us happy. I think sixth in League One, and we got beat in the playoffs, and people. Would, Genuinely quite happy. Sorry, not League One, um, Championship. But I also think, like, because we've had to deal with so much crap, we can also kind of, like, we understand when crap's on the way, if that makes sense sometimes, and I think we kind of almost fear it. And I think the same with any football club, you can have a small negative and a couple of defeats can become quite crushing. Um but look, I suppose on the flip side, for balance, it's two games in. Um, and yeah, it's not been great, but beat Rotherham and then get a result down at Coventry and all of a sudden you're looking at the Southampton game and going, you know, why not? We didn't fear anyone so much last year, even with a bad home a run of, bad run of form at home, we didn't really fear anyone. So you never know, like one result can can turn it all around and, you know, fingers crossed it does. I just think there's warning signs. I saw them during the week. And I feel them again. Um, I hate having more negatives than positives. Like, I actually can't stand it. It does my head in. But there is some that are there, um, more than we've mentioned already. We've conceded some really bad goals recently. Some of them, bad luck in that. But look, you make your own luck. Um, some of the defending leading up to these moments have not been good enough. The space the lad had yesterday to have the shot that took the deflection off um, Will Keane, too much space. The fact that the second goal, I think, was like you said before, Bellingham losing the ball and stuff like that. And it's harsh to be hard on a 17-year-old kid. But, like, look, if we're going to start, like, playing these kids, we we need them not to make silly mistakes and concede goals. But 
ultimately, when your defence is conceding daft goals, you look at your, your best and most experienced defender to come in and show it up. I think a little bit like we did with Bailey Wright for four or five games last year and it fixed it for a bit. Danny Barr is allegedly on the way out, but he's still sitting on that bench. Whether he's leaving or not, is it now time to just bring him back in until he does go, if he goes? Yeah. Um, I Weirdly enough, there is there is blame to to lie on the def, on the center halves for the goals. However, exactly like you just said, the the goals and it, it's probably going to be a tactic of teams against us. Normally, you you want to push team players out wide, and then you fill the box and defend it that way. For us, unfortunately, there's a there's a bit of a a weak spine and because of the way that we try to play football and the way that our midfield three are very fluid and stuff, that's including Job as a cam, then unfortunately there is gaps in the middle and that's two goals in two weeks. Now, you've said it, you create your own luck. We've created our own bad luck there because it's absolutely shocking defending, but it's shocking defending from the midfielders first and foremost. A midfielder should be right in front of his face, not letting him get that shot off. Um, yes, you can then argue that whoever, whichever side Keane was on, our defender should have been closer to him because it was literally like the partner of the waves. But there, there's so many things with goals like that that need addressing. And for it to happen twice in a week, it starts becoming a bit frustrating, to be honest. Um yeah, do, would that come from a bit of better communication from a big, tough, physical centre-half who's been there, seen it, done it for the past 15 years of his career? There's an argument to be said that it would. Um, the only thing is, have they had discussions with Bart and said, listen, you're on your way out. Do you, you know, we're, we're going to put you in this match day squad because you're you're invaluable around the players. However, we're not going to risk you getting injured and losing out on the fee or, well, it won't be fee, will it? But losing out on a contract for yourself, we never know what goes on. In terms of a, a, in terms of a football strategy, yeah, it, it couldn't do any harm. But he did. I think the, the quote was the other day from Mowbray, I'm not changing it any time soon. That's it. Look, I'm a big, big Luka 9 fan, but Danny Boss a better centre-half, especially in the four. Um, and the whole idea that he can pass the ball out better. It doesn't really matter if he can pass the ball out better for conceding goals. Like, like stupid goals. I just don't... I wouldn't mind 0-9 at right back for a bit. Like I say, look, I don't want to be harsh on anyone, but I think Hume started the season awfully. Um, and I'm a huge, huge Trey Hume fan, but yeah, it's not been a good start for, from him. Um, I'm going to have to touch on Mowbray because he's Something, I don't know, something, the things that you're saying, you, you read between the lines, it feels a bit Alex Neely to me, if I'm completely honest. Not in the fact that he's going to leg it off to Stoke or some you know middle <laughs> club, but he started the game without a striker. You know, Why do you think he did that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we said that we thought, and I, I had a similar opinion to Brad, that, he was shoving a middle finger up with the last 20 minutes against Ipswich. And to be fair, he got a reaction from the lads um, in that last 20 minutes, especially when we went down to 10 minutes, uh, 10 men, sorry, for the last however long. Um, 
it's all very well throwing middle fingers about at certain people. Um, it's a battle he's not going to win. <laughs> that that's the model. That's the way it is. You probably start worrying about Blackburn and, and why he left Blackburn because he was doing such a good job there. I've no doubt that there was probably scenarios like this happening. Um, and him saying, I need certain players and can't get them, won't get them, don't want them um, from from other people above his head's perspective. I I have no idea. I'd, just looking back on classic cases of, of teams like Preston, like Cardiff, like QPR, I would have thought a big, strong centre-forward fits into them games very well. Maybe it's when you go against a technical team like a Southampton, like a Leicester, even though there'll be some arguments for the ball getting tossed up there when you're under pressure and him holding it, because that appears to be what he looks like he's going to be good at eventually. You can maybe be a bit more fluid and, and stuff with with your players. I, th- I thought I mean, it was, it was nailed on. Even if it was just a birthday present. I mean, come on, Tony, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, do they not give out the captain's armband for former clubs and, and birthdays nowadays? You think they were professional or something? Shocking. Not a teenager anymore, though, at least. <laughs> what kind of wind you about having just a teenager up front? Um, we're going to do something I've never done, really. Um, mainly because I went out last night uh, and I didn't have much time to write as many questions as I normally would so I asked for fan questions <laughs> but I actually you know what I don't I think this might actually work because it means that we're discussing questions about what people are thinking about and there's been some really good ones chucked in this morning to be fair um including so I asked this morning any questions for the pod at nine o'clock when we just started recording and Jack for J4717218 who has I withdraw my consent by the governed by any to be governed by any corrupt compromised belligerent criminal oh it's that thing i will not comply that ricky lambert said and bobby kerr um he said no he doesn't have any questions so cover <laughs> that one um all right bowers yeah good question actually from bowers um question number one some folk on here love to have a pop with speakman yes i do um but why does <laughs> KLD never get criticism by comparison. I'll answer that one. Maybe not as much. And to be fair, I think Bowers has a point there because it is a team effort recruitment in terms of the whole hierarchy. Harvey's involved in that as well. And I don't think Harvey gets enough praise for like, you know, when we praise people, a lot of it goes to Speakman, but actually Harvey's probably done a lot of work with that as well. But I've seen a few people starting to get annoyed at KLD because obviously he has the purse strings and I've noticed on... The forum this morning and on a few places people starting to say like is he just using this as like a play toy to see if he can win a league with like just loan players like football manager sort of thing so i think he does but i suppose not in comparison to what speakman gets i agree with that but the caveat uh not the cravat which i i think i accidentally said before it's a different thing that's something that uh oh what's they call the actor again the one that talks like that what what was he called christopher walken that's it um the full fighters. Um but like yeah, he he does get more praise than KLD. So I think it I think it works out. Um 
some of these questions are really annoying. Mainly one coming from Ashley that says, uh, what's the odds you're going to go to the shop and get me a can of iron brew? Probably highly likely. <laughs> um, how much trouble are we in if we don't sign a striker and a CDM? Uh, we've kind of covered it. But I think quite a bit. I think if we don't get what we need, then I think we might be in the other end of the table. I don't know what you think, Dave. Yeah, the the warning signs are there. Um, if, if we're not going to get them players in, then Mowbray has to perform his his miracle again and find us a, a way to play effectively and very quickly. Um, you do not want to be sitting here on the back of six straight defeats and all the media pressures on you of, oh my God, playoff contenders to relegation contenders. Uh who those players would be that we get in, I'm not quite sure. There is obviously still a loan market kicking about for a couple of weeks. Um, and we all know how well that served us last year. Please come back, Ahmad. Play, play CDM. Don't care. Have a, have a different role, mate. Just play wherever you want. Um, interesting to see. I, I, I don't know... We, we've we've set a rod for our own back. We now know what type of players we're going to get. We're not going <laughs> to... It's going to be some 17-year-old from Shakhtar Donetsk, let's be honest about it. And we have to deal with that. Um, it, it's all on Mowbray. It's, it's as simple as that. It's on Mowbray to, to work out the jigsaw. It just becomes difficult when you haven't got the right pieces. But... I guess that's what he gets paid for. I think there's it, the, the couple of things I would say with Mowbray. I agree he hasn't got the tools to do what he needs to do. And I back him when he's obviously quite unhappy with that. I've said caveat five times <laughs> and cravat twice, now three times. Um, but I suppose Mowbray, in the same way that Alex Neal did, they both knew the, the remit and what it was going to be. So I understand the frustration of being like, but I can just do this. And I, my personal opinion is that Speakman, KLD, Harvey should listen to these experienced managers and be like, well, okay, we'll give it a go, let's see. But I suppose you could say that they both knew what the remit was going to be. And you could also say that if Mowbray's complaining about lack of experience, don't put a midfielder at centre-half and don't play without a, a striker. Um, if you complain about not getting in the six yard box, so I get there's a I get that is points to that. What I think would fix it all is just exactly the question that we've just had there just fucking sign one, um, sign a midfielder that is experienced and can cover, um, can cover Corey Evans and what Corey Evans does. I almost called him Corey Evans there, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> god, it's early, um, and also we need a striker and we need a good striker as well there's no point in saying just a striker we need a good striker because what we're massively missing and have been missing for ages to be fair is that ability that Ross Stewart has to run channels get you higher up the pitch like he helps and I know you can't really replace Ross Stewart it's going to be borderline impossible especially for a small amount of money but what Ross adds we need something just similar to that Someone that run the channels also score goals when he gets chances in the box. It doesn't have to be as good as Roscoe. I don't think it's. I think that's really hard to get someone as good as Roscoe. But just someone that is not going to leave 
basically a Ben that hasn't played any football, like with all of the responsibility. It's not fair on him, like, and I don't think it should be. Um, what are the questions we got? Let's have a look. Um <laughs> when will the club change our mascot? It's been that pesky black cat giving us the bad luck. <laughs> um both Broadhead and Keane scoring goals that hit them. I also thought the ref could have brought it back for a block on Equa that Joe was clearly passing it to in the build up to our second. It's uh, more of a statement, that isn't it? Um I don't know how I can answer that because I just think we'll we've covered it. Be better defensively. Um, this is a good question. People talking about like how it will be fixed and we'll get a strike and we'll get what we need. But um, John said, how can we be confident it will be fixed? We've had one fit striker since January. We were left short in the last two windows. Experience we have seemingly on the way out, including our player of the season. None of the summer signings ended the Ipswich game. And only um, the only centre forward clearly not ready. But I, we're going to go with the model. So I guess the question here is, how can we be confident it'll be fixed? Well, I, that's what I think. That's what I said before. I, I do think previous windows have said what we're going to do, and I don't. I am underconfident that we're going to get what we need. I don't know how you feel about that, Dave. I I am underconfident. Actually, it's more of a statement than a question from John. The way I'm answering it because I'm just agreeing, but. I do see how he's got to that point. How can we be confident? I know they've signed some good young players, but we have been left short in a few windows where, you know, Alex Neal and then Tony Mowbray's management, in my opinion, have papered over cracks. And now we're starting to see the cracks turn into leaks. Yeah. Um, an answer for all Twitter followers. First 50%. Oh, how am I stop being so negative? For sake, what are you being so negative for? I mean... Trust speak when trust him. Honestly, he's not going to do now. He's not going. It's absolutely fine, man. It'll sort itself out. That's fifty percent of Twitter. The other fifty percent, everything that John's just said and that you've read out loud, they are viable questions. And the reason they're viable questions is because it's actually happening. It's it's not as if it's what if this happens. What if we don't sign a striker? Well, we haven't signed a striker, an experienced striker. I dare I say a replacement for Ross Stewart, whether that was because he was injured or whether that's because we know that he's going to go and sod off to Southampton. We haven't replaced him in however many transfer windows. So it's a viable question and people can say, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to get off the Ross Stewart love train and stuff like that. But we said last season that, how, how many times did we say it? Even if it was just the home games, we've what did we win at home last year? Seven, seven, I think it was. Aye, something like that. We're not. We're, thing and is, we, we uh, need to sort that because we're not going to have the same away form as we had last year. That's not going to happen. It was far not. too good, and Diallo doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so seven home games, and I can count. I reckon at least half a dozen times that we said. If Ross Stewart plays that game, we win the game. So that suddenly turns maybe three draws into uh, three wins. That maybe turns six six defeats into six draws, and them extra points put you where in the where in the table. It's all 
it's all a game of of guesswork and hindsight apart from the fact of the reason that we say them things is because of what we lacked and what we have lacked for so long and i think it's perfectly perfectly understandable question to be asked uh i hope the answers are better i said it in the preview show i, I said kind of or preview of the season this could all get to three months in for as much as i thought we i was really optimistic and that'll teach us that'll teach me for being optimistic because my whole life, whenever I'm optimistic, the opposite happens. Yeah. So, 48,000 Sunderland fans, I apologise. Life is meaningless life. and we're all going to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> but there was always a risk that if in the first eight weeks of the season, we, we are struggling. Mowbray is under massive pressure. The fans will turn. Doesn't matter how pretty your football is. If the results are terrible after kind of twelve games, it's not pretty viewing. Um, so yes, experienced players, centre forward, CDM, I'd take them, please, Mister Speakman. And Bowers, uh, just to, to go back on what Bowers said, Bowers would be the first one to say that he is not exempt from criticism, Mister Speakman. For as much as we can give him praise when things are going right. Michael would also tell you that he is, he is, um, he's the head on show, isn't he? He's the one who has to get the grief. I think, you know what? I think he's actually said the opposite. He said KLD should get it, but I'm just chatting to a message just now. I'm half <laughs> listening to you. Um, but you know what? I, I think with Speakman, I think you're allowed to, there's, there only seems to be two camps. You think he's an absolute arsehole or you think he's like God's gift. There is a middle ground where you think he's made mistakes, but he's made some really good plus points. I'm kind of there. Um, but if we win next week, I think he's great again, and it'll be fine, and that's football. Um, one quick question, because we've only got like a minute or so left, and I've got to do some sort of subscription model. So um, two-word answer. No, one-word answer. If both Burnley and Sunderland have a poor start of the season, do you think Clark goes when they raise their bid before the window closes? Or a player of the season, most creative player, and only proven striker gone by September? Yes or no? No. I'm going to say no as well, because I think they've signed their wingers. But whatever, it'll be fine. We're going to win the league anyway. So um, enjoy uh, replaying this back to us when we've won the league by 100 points. Uh, subscribe, because apparently I should be saying that. So go on, press the button. Dave, cheers for joining me. I'd rather be speaking about a win, and I'm pleased we've finished the podcast. Now, go and enjoy your weekend, please. Absolute pleasure. On the next week, bring it on. Stop subscribing. <laughs>